love the the well of the Senate. The bunch of oldsters shuffling around like they're looking for their pills. What the hell? That's inappropriate, sir. That is over the line. That is targeting uh, our elders for, for, for verbal abuse. I watched a lot of C-SPAN over the weekend, and one thing that strikes you is how dang old the Senate is. Yeah. You don't generally see that many people that old in a group, hardly anywhere other than on old folks. Their constitutional duty is to say, oh, no, House members, let's all all take a minute and think this over. (laughs) Now Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell are in charge. Well, they got it. They got to get microphones down there. Yeah, come on. I suppose that would actually hamper deal making, but... God, it should be fascinating to listen to those conversations. If you're watching C-SPAN on Friday night, for instance, they're huddled up and they're talking. And and then some people are really talking a lot and look like they're doing stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you have some senators like you'll see Dianne Feinstein. She's just sitting there up in the second row in her chair, just watching. I don't know what's going on there. Staring straight ahead. (laughs) Well, I wasn't picking on her specifically. but You know, powerful senators that are just doing nothing. And then some of them animated conversations. And I don't know if they're talking about their grandkids or... Or trying to solve the problems. I don't have any idea. Can I wish we, we could mic listen. them up like an NFL game? Now, granted, an NFL game after it's over, it's over. But I get it. You don't want to. You don't want to like uh, expose your secrets and your trick plays and the rest of it. But come on, how about wait a month and give us the uh, the tape? Yeah, sure would like I'd, to know. Oh, I'd love to hear that because that uh, you know that the meeting Trump held that the cameras were on for almost an hour. That was famously quite. Popular people enjoyed it. Thought, wow, we need more of that. Everybody agreed. And now we're back to just a uh, you know a shot of a bunch of, a, a wide shot of a bunch of people talking, and you don't know what they're saying. That's too bad. So is Sarah Westwood going to let us know what's oh, happening? Sorry, yeah, there she is. What do you what do you what do you know? Right there on the phone. <laughs> Super. Sarah Westwood is the White House reporter for the Washington Examiner. Long time correspondent uh, for the Armstrong and Getty show as well on an unofficial basis. I'm just handed this news, Sarah. Do you know this? Democrats uh, Democrats aligning behind plan to temporarily fund the government and end a shutdown predict it will pass in the Senate. Is that what you're hearing? That is what we're hearing. We're hearing that Democrats are taking Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell at his word when he says that if they vote for a continuing resolution that will keep the government open till February 8th, then he will allow a vote for DACA legislation on the floor. That's supposedly why Democrats withheld their votes from the CR on Friday night, because they wanted to see those DACA protections uh, have some some their day in the sun in the Senate. And so that's uh, the, the deal that I think Democrats are lining up behind. But that looks more or less like a concession. for Clear a- into February 8th, though. Way down by my kids will be uh, old and married and have children of their own by February 8th. <laughs> Two weeks? Right. It's one week shorter than the version of the continuing resolution that the House passed. So this may have to go to conference, may have to go back through the lower chamber. But by all accounts, it looks like this might be put us on a glide path to getting the government back open. But again, this does look more or less like a victory for Republicans because Democrats were demanding that this DACA legislation be attached to any kind of funding mechanism. That's not what's happening. Mm. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is agreeing to let this debate continue, but separately and through regular order. Why the Democrats cave, do you suppose, Sarah? Well, I think there are a few reasons. One is there might have been a recognition that uh, 
the public was starting to blame Democrats for the shutdown. They were the ones who procedurally withheld their votes uh, from the funding mechanism. And so, you know, technically speaking, they were the ones who caused the shutdown to occur. Public opinion polling might have been starting to show that. And we saw vulnerable Democrats in states that Trump won were starting to cave one by one. Um, They were showing a a much greater willingness to negotiate with Republicans and their progressive counterparts, but enough of them were crossing the aisle to vote with Republicans that I think maybe Democratic leadership recognized they weren't going to be able to keep their conference together. Even for Democrats, for the first time, really, we saw them vote with Republicans on Friday. So uh, I have my thoughts on that, but I won't bore you with them. You're the White House correspondent. I want to ask you about this. So are you... uh you kept an eye on the Schumer-Trump meeting from Friday. So this is what Mulvaney basically said yesterday on one of the talk shows, is that Schumer went in there and said, um, started talking about the wall. But he didn't say he would um, he would push appropriation for the wall, the funding of it. He just would was going to push approval for it. Trump didn't know the difference, thought, oh, great, fantastic, we can do a deal. Then his people pulled him aside after the meeting and said, no, appropriation is, is is what you need. Approval's nothing. Doesn't mean anything. Is that the way you hear it went down? Right. We hear, you know, it's been, I think it's really telling if you watched, um, Schumer gave a press conference on Saturday and was asked directly, how much money did you offer President Trump for the wall? And he refused to answer the question. So it does seem like he didn't exactly offer a robust funding for the wall. If he did, it was probably nothing compared to what the administration is seeking. Maybe he was just offering some sort of procedural victory on the wall, but not anything that could actually bring it to fruition. Do you think he was trying to take advantage of a president who doesn't, you know, he's not a legislator, so he didn't think about the difference between approval versus appropriation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, why wouldn't he try to uh, get himself the most favorable deal and try to exploit areas where maybe President Trump is less informed or, or, wouldn't have the background. I would have fallen for it. Of deals. Right. It, it, it's an easy. You're not my president. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, sorry. I think, you know, I think that the, the offer of the wall, whatever Schumer did offer president Trump was probably nothing even close to what the white house has been asking for. And fundamentally the white house has been pushing to uncouple DACA from the spending mix since December. So if president Trump had agreed to anything related to immigration, and agreed to tuck the protections inside the spending bill, that in itself would have been something of a concession because it would have been um, agreeing with Democrats on the need to do immigration in the same motion as spending. When the White House's argument, the official party line has been, there's no policy reason or timing reason that these two things have to be connected. Democrats are just doing this because they know it gives them more leverage politically. So that would have been a, a flip-flop for President Trump if he had agreed to an immigration deal on Friday. Yeah, because my hallmark is fairness. In fairness, the uh, the, the, the pro-get-a-DACA-deal-done people say, well, time's running out. There, the, the hundreds of people lose their eligibility every week and blah, blah, blah. Um, and it has been a little difficult, I think, for Republicans to know exactly what the president is in favor of and would sign. But having said that, Sarah, I assume you attended the college and or university of your choice. You're an educated woman. This is accurate. Yes. Can you imagine turning in a paper to some professor proposing a form of government where this is how it funds itself (laughs) every couple of weeks and 
and wrangling over unrelated stuff, grandstanding for a while in the media, sticking your finger to see which way the public opinions blow and then pass another continuing resolution. I mean, yeah, this is the most illogical way to approach it. And I think that's why you saw there were four conservatives on Friday who voted against their party's continuing resolution because they say governing by CR is no way to govern. And so on principle, they voted against it, even though the outcome hurt their party politically. And while two of those senators are expected to flip today, I believe Senators Mike Lee and Rand Paul are still expected to vote against the continuing resolution because they're yeah. consistent in their stance that this is not the way to do business. You know, like Rand Paul, he'll never get anything done because he's... St- but but it'd be fun to vote for somebody who has some principles and, you know, actually votes the way he believes. I would get it a kick out of that. I'd like to do that once in my life. He'll never <laughs> accomplish anything because that's not the way politics really works, but... He says, no, this is stupid. I'm not going to vote for this. Let's come up with a long-term solution like we're supposed to. I'll sit down and figure out comprehensive immigration. And ah, how I do shut up, Curly. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear your crap. Funding the military for years to come. Let's right. do it that way like a bunch of grown-ups. Oh, boy. Doesn't have a chance. Right. Sarah Westwood, White House correspondent uh, for the Washington Examiner. Sarah, it's always great. Thanks a million for taking a couple of minutes. Oh, thank you, guys. All right, well done. She's good. So, so what do you prefer, the United States of Amesica for my proposed country <laughs> or Flounderica? <laughs> <laughs> so here's my, I've, I've flipped on this just from, you know, geez, I don't know. Somebody pointed out, and I thought for two seconds, Durr, you're right. Um, this whole, the Democrats blinked, it's a victory for the Republicans. Why? What's your historical basis for that analysis? You go back to the last shutdown when they said the Republicans blinked and the Democrats won. And everybody blamed the Republicans, and, Jack. And the polls showed the Republicans got blamed. Then they trounced the Democrats in the very next election. So the idea of who won out of this, what's your historical precedence for the Democrats giving in on this and then losing power? The most recent example would be they're going to gain power from this. The base for the Democrats said, yeah, you stood up to those bastards. I'm with you. Right. There's so much political reporting and talk that reminds me of uh, high school gossip. You know, oh, he, she is going to be so mad. She is going to be so totally pissed when she finds that out. Oh, my God. I, can't, I wish I was going to be there. She'll be so pissed. Cindy's on her S list now. <laughs> then the fact that Cindy is not on anybody's S list <laughs> and nobody was particularly <laughs> miffed by whatever minor incident we're discussing doesn't matter because the gossip was fun at the moment. So keep that's that, what the political coverage is. Yeah, if you take in political coverage and if you don't, good for you. But if you take in political coverage, enjoy all day long various people talking about this, particularly on Fox, about how the Democrats blinked and the Republicans won. Well, we'll see how that turns out come election time. Yeah. If it actually means anything. <sighs> so, uh, does anybody remember Prop 1 in California? As California, continuing the theme really, continues to be a test case for Americans to watch dysfunction and uh, undemocracy. $7.5 billion bond for new water projects, including dams. Guess how many dams are getting built? I'll give you, I'll give you a minute to think about it. Guess, guess. It's as many Tide Pods as I'm planning to eat this evening. There's a hint. <laughs> and the numbers are in. How many people have as much wealth as the poorest half of the world? 
How many people does it take? The richest people. Wow. The latest numbers are pretty shocking. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. like our long national nightmare is about to be over, ladies and gentlemen. We now go to MSNBC, where they are breathlessly awaiting the Churchillian wisdom of one Charles Schumer. Drink seltzer. Oh. Today. See, this DVR does that all you the time. You suck! So, uh, can you turn the volume off for a second, and then I'll back, back a little bit? Back, 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 back. So we can get to it. Here we go. Okay. All right. Credit to Leader McConnell. Here we go. All right, and we again, keeping an eye on that scene on the Senate floor, let me just bring you up to speed. We are expecting a vote in the next few minutes on reopening the government. Thank it's been God. closed since midnight on Look, Friday. They've got to count and up Chuck clock Schumer, now. Apparently, the Democratic leader, is he now on the Senate floor? Am I hearing that correctly? He is on the Senate floor. Let's take a listen. Now, today, we drink seltzer. He's like Marco Rubio. Today, He's so thirsty. we enter the third day <laughs> Of the Trump shutdown. <gasps> the first ever real shutdown. Boom! Right off oh, the bat! It's the Trump shutdown! Hit him with the Trump no, shutdown! I know who's to blame! <laughs> yeah, they do have a countdown there. We're two days, 12 hours, and 17 minutes into the Trump shutdown. It's a count up clock now, Jack, to measure the moments of our national nightmare. Is there any chance when McConnell gets up there, he's going to call it the Schumer shutdown? Well, <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait and see. Oh, back to Schumer. Eh, for a minute, why not? Entire legislative process. The Republican Party controls the House, the Senate, oh, yeah, the presidency. That's their main argument. And yet they were unable to keep the government open for the American people. Dumb bastards. Leader McConnell knows it takes 60 <laughs> votes to win passage of a spending bill. He ought to anyway. And yet he moved forward with a last-minute extension that he knew lacked the votes. What an idiot. Both Democrats and Republicans voted against that bill. Because it's bad, right? The reason the Republican majority had such difficulty finding consensus is they could never get a firm grip on what the president of their party wanted to do. Okay. This is back to the Jello argument. Right, yeah. Go ahead. Sit on some round table on some crappy cable show and tell us about it. Anyway, when Mitch McConnell comes up, We'll run his first 30 seconds and make fun of him, too. Which he'll say, <clears throat> the Schumer shutdown is two days and 12 hours old. <laughs> Man. Um, how many people have as much wealth as the poorest half of the planet? The latest numbers are out because they're getting ready to have the World Economic Forum in Davos. Yes. Yeah, I'm on my way. Of course, this this, this info is put together by people who think this is a, a real horror, so they, they can skew it. But I, I don't doubt that it's you know somewhere in this range. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of poor countries. i got to believe I have as much wealth as a number of African countries. <laughs> I mean, wow, just, congratulations. Well, because they have $40. Right. <laughs> they have $40 oh, in national wealth. How would you describe them in a single compound word? Mm, poop holes. <laughs> uh, so currently, there are 42 people. The 42 richest people have as much wealth as the poorest half of the planet, which is 3.7 billion people. That's wow. really quite astounding. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to craft a planet, you wouldn't try to come up with that. But I don't know what you do. The rich get richer. I'd like to know who those 42 people are. Are they counting Putin? I mean, people like you don't really know their wealth and their criminals in that? 
Because Putin's mm-hmm. probably the world's richest man. Sure. Drug cartel, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of criminals, listen to this, would you? Prop 1, California. $7.5 billion bond measure to pay for new water projects, including more dams and reservoirs. Passed huge numbers. Um, I think it was 65 to 35 in November of 2014. California Democrats and Republicans were for it. Jerry Brown, yes. Dianne Feinstein, the simpleton Barbara Boxer, all endorsed it. Major unions, Silicon Valley Leadership Group, California Chamber of Commerce endorsed it, as did the California Farm Bureau, numerous environmental groups, including the Nature Conservancy, Audubon California National, uh, or Natural Resources Defense Council. Everybody was for it. It's passed 65 to 35. Well, now the state board, the state water official says, you know, we've looked at these various projects, including Contra Costa County's Los Vaqueros Dam, a new Santa Clara County Dam near Pacheco Pass, raising the Contra Costa thing, or the Sites Reservoir, which would be a massive new lake in Calusa County. Um, they looked at all those projects and they say, we don't really see any public benefit to those projects, which is as astonishing as you think it is. The staff of the Water Commission raised major concerns. They announced that nearly half the projects have no public benefits that meet the measures rules for getting money, in contrast to the bullet train, for instance, which can't go away. And the rest uh, the rest fall significantly short of providing as much benefit to the public as they would cost. Everybody is astounded. Damn supporters are shaken. They don't know what to make of it. Damn supporters. Tim Quinn, executive director of the Association of California Water Agencies, coalition of 430 public water agencies across the state, says, quote, we're shocked. I think the voters would be concerned that staff working for the state government are clearly raising huge hurdles toward moving these projects forward. State senators are saying... The public should be concerned. They voted for large new dams and reservoirs. They funded them. I think this is an effort to undermine the intent of the voters. It looks like the staff is setting the bar so high nobody can reach it. Jerry I, uh, Jerry and his peeps want no development. There's a reason that California's population has doubled while no significant water storage has been built. Because they don't want any. Um, but this is astonishing. I would like to revisit that. That is maddening. McConnell has just stepped to the microphone. I want to see what he has to say before we go to break. Here he goes. Here's the turtle. He will help deliver 60 senators to pass this uh, government, uh, end the closing of government, bring government back to life this afternoon. Throw to the senator. Let's go to McConnell to hear the response from the Republican. Thing. I think we've learned anything during this uh, process. It's that a strategy to shut down the government over the issue of illegal immigration is something the American people didn't understand. Slow down, did I can't you, stand the pace. Did you, <laughs> did you like you, an auctioneer. Did you think this out ahead of time? What's, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we do have Congress kicking the spending can down the road for another three weeks. The national nightmare is over. That's coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Slow down. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all that next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. you lay out the story and then i'll then i'll jump in with some analysis there here's marshall there's more on the damn the damn goddamn damn thing and it's just astonishing and it's more important than any of this crap we're about to talk about 
effing federal government. Go ahead with your crap, Marshall. I'll sit here and listen. Buddy. <laughs> Great, super blah, 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 blah. How do you like that introduction? Wow. And now, Armstrong and Getty attack their beloved newsman. My friends, we got a short-term plan. Democrats are lining behind a plan to temporarily fund the government and end the shutdown. The predictions are it will indeed pass. Well, actually, after your Senate Minority Leader, Senator Charles Schumer, came out and said, yes, we are going to pass the bill. I don't think you have to even predict anything. Schumer blaming the president, though, for not bargaining in good faith. President Trump's unwillingness to compromise caused the Trump shutdown and brought us to this moment. Oh, it's the Trump shutdown. The facts are well known. (laughs) But Schumer saying after he and Republican leader Mitch McConnell sat down and talked over the weekend, they made a deal. We will vote today to reopen the government to continue negotiating a global agreement with the commitment that if an agreement isn't reached by February the 8th, the Senate will immediately proceed to consideration of legislation dealing with DACA. The process will be neutral and fair to all sides. So did uh, so Schumer tried to pull one over on the president Friday, I think. Did, the, did Mitch pull one over on Schumer today? Chris Matthews was just um, analyzing the situation and saying, did Schumer get any sort of agreement that the House would bring it up, though, and vote on it? Mm. Mitch McConnell says the Senate will, but if the House is not involved and the president hasn't come forward and said he's all for that, if the House isn't involved, it's not going anywhere. Interesting. The Senate can pass it, but if the House says, no, we're not really interested in the whole Dreamer thing, huh. that ain't happening. Meanwhile, the Office of Management and Budget Director Mick Mulvaney has been out and about this morning telling MSNBC he thinks Democrats allowed the government shutdown solely to embarrass the president and take attention away from Trump's accomplishments. This is a bipartisan bill. It contains things that Democrats do not oppose. They do not oppose CHIP. They do not oppose extending the Cadillac tax, and they certainly do not oppose opening the government. So we've moved into a strange new world where Democrats are voting against things they like in order to make the president look bad politically. That is a charge of Mulvaney repeated a number of times over the weekend. Or does none of this mean anything? Right. <laughs> Investigators thoroughly searching the Southern California home where 13 siblings were tortured and held captive in Paris, California. Law enforcement going to be using cadaver dogs to look for remains at the uh, home as well as the home that the uh, parents had in Texas. Crime Watch Daily is also reporting that officials will be taking DNA samplings from the siblings to make sure they're all actually related. Well, and to see who gave birth to whom, too. But but so are they uh, hinting that maybe he snatched some of these girls or boys? Mostly girls. Wow. There have been been some rumors along those lines, but rumors only. Well, and some family in Texas is about to get a knock on the door from the yep. FBI saying, hey, we got to dig up your, pretty much your yard, your walls, your everything. Right. Yeah. Yikes. Right. Ralph Lauren is unveiling its Team USA Winter Olympics gear. The American Apparel Company just released its uh, uniforms complete with jacket heaters for the athletes. The red, white, and blue down parkas are heated wirelessly via electronic printed links in the shape of an American flag be able to be uh you know kept warm boy just i hope by... one of our our finest burst into flames <laughs> that'd be a drag oh and our greatest loser is now a smoldering <laughs> ashes and, and 
For any of you looking to make a financial investment in the upcoming Super Bowl, Vegas sports books are opening with the New England Patriots as the favorites over the Philadelphia Eagles in Super Bowl 52. Well, the Eagles are playing with their backup quarterback, right? He's not going to be better by the Super Bowl, is he? He was he was a Hall of Famer yesterday, though. The backup? He was ridiculous, Nick yeah. Foles, yeah. Yeah, after stomping the uh, Vikings 38-7 last night to capture the NFC Championship, Eagles getting little respect from sports books. The Vegas Westgate website has the Eagles five-and-a-half-point underdogs. You know, they've had their back against the wall all year. Hmm. With an over-under of 47-and-a-half points. That's anyway. a good over-under. I've been <laughs> trying to scour the internet yeah. for the best uh, videos of Philadelphia fans' celebration. Yeah. There's one of a guy driving a dune buggy up the rocky steps. And like three cop cars chasing him. <laughs> oh boy, that's pretty funny. Welcome to Philly. There you go. That's a Fantastic. celebration. All right. All right, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. Here I'm starting Getty Show, the voice of the West. All right, turn off the music. Turn it off. I can't stand it anymore. All right, so getting back to this Prop One that Californians passed overwhelmingly, billions of dollars for dams, reservoirs, water storage, and that sort of thing. Now the state board that's supposed to approve these things looked at him and said. No, it really doesn't look like these will have any benefit for the public. And you're thinking, same thing I'm thinking, in a state that's desperate for water storage, desperate for water, how can it possibly be that there's no public benefit? Well, the unlike water bonds in the past, Democrats in the legislature who put it on the ballot insisted that none of the measures money for dams could pay for increased water storage. Only other benefits, particularly environmental ones. You may have missed that on the way to the ballot box, huh? So it requires every water storage project must be ranked by the California Water Commission with a scoring system that takes into account, quote unquote, public benefits. These benefits are defined not as how much water a reservoir could hold, but rather. Which is why you, you built them. Yes, that and that's the only effing reason anybody was in favor of that's building like, them. That's like not uh, judging your gas tank in your car by by how much gas it holds. Right, or whether it holds gas at all. Uh, the uh, the storage project must be ranked not on hold uh, how much water it holds, but public benefits. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Like how much it improves recreation, like boating or hiking. Flood control and environmental conditions, such as helping endangered salmon populations come back by providing cold water to streams during dry periods. So y'all voted for the same party over and over again for seven plus billion dollars for water storage. But the fine print said it doesn't matter if it stores any water and it's not to store water anyway. It's about whether or not you can jet ski and it helps the salmon. Uneffing believable. And all these these dams and reservoirs that have been planned, the board said, no, they're not showing enough benefit, or they're not really showing any benefit, except that they'll store jillions of, of gallons of water that we desperately need. Welcome to Caluruptia, Calunicornia, Corruptifornia. Good Lord, people. I don't know what to do for you. I don't know what to tell you. We took God damn it. We took quite a blasting from one texture. I'd like to get into that briefly. I mean can't respond to every social media blast we get, but texture blasters. <laughs> we'll get into the petering out coming up in just a few minutes. So they had all women presenters at the SAG Awards last night? Yes. Good, finally, me too. 
Too late. Not too late. It's too late. What's the new one? It's about time. Yeah. About effing time. <laughs> Something like that. Stay tuned to what the Armstrong. Took you so long. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Got brazen hair. First time I seen her walk by, and I about fell up on my chair. Yo, what's up? Had to get her number. It's gonna be like six weeks. Now me and her go way back. Um, so a couple of things for you here. The uh, before I get to the text, uh, texter blasting us, which fits into what I want to talk about, so it's perfect. Mm. So four hundred one k jumped uh, last year, obviously. If you took a look at your year end gains, because the stock market was up so much. $5.9 trillion gain since Trump's inauguration. Almost $6 trillion. Sorry, Paul Krugman. Uh, we got this text before I get into some of the numbers. Of course, that could disappear as quickly as a game. Because they're talking about um, people's how optimistic people are about the economy right now. Uh, best numbers in almost 20 years mm-hmm. for, for that sort of thing. You guys haven't said stuff as stupid as this for quite a while. Oh, come on now. You should listen more. <laughs> but educate yourself. This is someone who loves the show, by the way, before you okay. go crazy. I'm not going to go um, crazy. Well, you might have. I might not. Why don't you educate yourself on Obama's economy and realize he's responsible for where we are, not a single tax bill that Trump passed. Do your diligence. You're still my favorite, but your take on the economy, Trump versus Obama, is a load of horse S. Seriously, be better. Please. No. <laughs> it's an axiom in politics that Presidents get both more blame and credit for the economy to start with. Mm-hmm. Secondly, this happens all the time, or it's happened as long as I've been following. The uh, the economy started to pick up under George H.W., but rarely roared under Clinton. He gets all the credit. Mm-hmm. The economy started to tank at the end of Clinton's uh, term, but went down during George W. Bush. He gets all the blame. Um, we passed that $700 gazillion bailout of the, of the world uh, under Bush. The economy started to pick back up again, go up again. Obama gets the the, the credit. That's just Although the way it works. The paltry one percent, you know, growth for years and years and years and years. So, um, but you, you know, you, you can you can argue that all you want and call us stupid. But if the American people are saying the economy is is the best it's been in twenty years, Trump's going to get the credit. It's just the way it works. So you can, I don't know who you want to be mad at, but it's well, just there's the some there's some truth to what they say, no doubt. Well, sure, the economies don't. Go up and down only under, you know, at the start of various administrations, of course. There's a lot of things in the mix, mm-hmm. including the world economy, which has something to do with it. But listen to this. So your top gains in the first year in office, Trump, even in an amazing 31% increase in the stock market sure. in his first year, that's incredible, is in third place historically. What? Barack Obama, the stock market went up 33% in his first year. Um Oh, that's right, because he inherited the uh, the bust. Yeah, because he, he took over right after the super big crash. <laughs> it's a good way to be. Similar to Franklin Roosevelt, Roosevelt who took over after the uh, Great Depression crash, the stock market was up 96.1% the first year under FDR. That record's probably going to stay sometime. Yeah, yeah, I would say. How did, uh, how did the first two fare in the next elections? They were both reelected, of course. Um, as was Harry Truman... Uh, who was right behind Trump at 30%. People who had the stock market go down, they they were not reelected. George W. Bush, 
or, or George W. Bush was reelected, went down 7.7%. It was rather close um, with old Al Gore, as I recall. Uh, or when he ran against Kerry the next time around. All right, yeah. Um, old horse face. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you want to do with that, but just pointing those, those stats. All I know is I'm happy my 401k is so much more than it was a year ago. Yeah. I hope it continues. It won't. More. Nothing does. God, I want to cash out everything. Oh, there's a correction coming, a huge correction. And, of course, this is what's going to be exciting. When the inevitable correction comes that everybody that knows anything about economics knows is coming, Mm -hmm. when it does happen, it will be blamed on whatever is the political story of that week. Right. (laughs) Uh, And and mostly on Trump. Boy, and when that correction comes, it's not going to be like a Montessori correction, gentle and guidey. It's going to be a Catholic nun correction. It's going to be whacking your knuckles with rulers. But Old just, school. Th- this is not, you know, super smart on my part to point this out. But just remember that I said it. Everybody knows it's going to happen. I don't care if you're a liberal economist or conservative economist. Everybody knows there's a correction coming. When it does happen, it will be blamed on whatever the news story of that week is, which is almost certainly Trump. So Something just to wait look forward for it. to. Oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? You know, speaking of Catholic nuns, the Pope's in trouble. Did you hear about that? Yeah. I was a little disappointed in this. Yeah, I, was, I generally uh, like the Pope's act, but yeah, well, he's uh, so he's getting grilled by reporters down there in uh, Chile, where he's uh, hanging out um, about accusations against Juan Barros, a Chilean bishop appointed by the Pope in 2015, who is accused of protecting at least one pedophile. And and a reporter asked him about it, and the Pope said, "The day I see proof against Bishop Barros, then I will talk." There is not a single piece of evidence against him. It is all slander. Is that clear? Well, now you've got like major American bishops like uh, O'Malley of Boston saying in a statement, quote, it's understandable that the comments by the Pope were a source of great pain for survivors of sexual abuse by clergy or other perpetrators. Um, Since you have about a 50 year recent history of covering up for people, maybe you want to take that language down a notch, even if it's true in this case, that was not the right tone. Well, and Barrows protected a guy who was found guilty in a Vatican investigation of abusing multiple teenage boys over many years. Yeah, that was very disappointing to me. Yeah, terrible. Makes me think they still don't get it, which is amazing. If you don't get it at this point, I don't know if you ever are. And now, final thoughts from Armstrong and Getty. Awesome. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from Positive Sean. Sean, lead us off, would you? Yeah, the final teams are set for the NFL, but... The only game I'm interested in is in the Pro Bowl. I'm going to do big betting on this. I'm going to look at the lines, <laughs> see what the over-under are. Got, got to get some prop bets going. Sure. That's, that's the gambler's paradise, the Pro Bowl. God, it makes the hockey all-star game look worth playing. Uh, let's uh, get a final thought from Marshall Phillips. Marsh. Working on a variety of cooking videos right now called Marshall's Marvelous Mixins: The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Hope to start push- uh, posting them shortly. Fantastic. You screwed up your split pea soup again. Did you hurt yourself? No injuries. So moving forward. This time. It's an improved My- pride. Michelangelo, final yeah. thought. Uh, Joe Scarborough has written a song about the government shutdown and will be giving a private performance to the Senate at noon. And <laughs> <laughs> is exciting. Exciting. Joe Stock. Uh, Jack, your final thought for the folks? Uh, our long national nightmare of two days and 12 hours is over, and I would like to know how many of you were affected in any way whatsoever at all, even minusculely, by this government shutdown. And let's keep that in mind 
the next government shutdown, which might be in two weeks. God, it's talked about seriously like it is a giant meteor right. hurtling straight at the Like it affects all earth. of us. Like we all right. altered our lives greatly because of it. Yeah, brother. We probably talked about it too much, and I apologize. My new slogan, I'm going to get bumper stickers made. We need water. Damn it. It's a good one. Hmm? There you go. Doesn't matter if the dams hold water. What's important is that the jet skis or something? Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Cal Unicornia, where realism has gone to die. So many people, thanks a little time. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. Drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. We didn't take advantage of the FCC being out of business to drop any F-bombs. We really should have. Next government shutdown, which is coming on the 8th. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye bye. Kept the faith. Brady always had the faith in Tommy, baby. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.